right now we invited John Sokolow to join us. He is an attorney. He's been fighting against the Mountain Valley Pipeline now for quite a while. Um, so John, what is the latest and greatest? My understanding is um, this is coming back because Biden uh, told Manchin that they would revisit this if he agreed to support the Inflation Reduction Act. And so now he's bringing it back as part of the as part of the NDAA. I know we haven't seen the actual uh, language yet, but we, we can assume that it's the same, if not similar. Um, so what's the latest and the greatest? Although, uh, first of all, thank you for having me here. It's, yeah. This is a really important issue and it's a very important time to be talking about it. Uh, the latest is we're expecting a vote in the House of Representatives as early as tomorrow uh, on the NDA with this with this uh, Joe Manchin dirty deal amendment. Um, it was supposed to go before the Rules Committee today. They pulled it because apparently as of an hour ago, they did not have agreement. Uh, but the Democratic leadership is leaning on this heavily, uh, pushing to get this included as part of the NDAA. It's really an outrage. I mean, yeah. just to put this in context, this has been an absolutely terrible year for the Mountain Valley Pipeline. They lost uh, the permit to cross um, uh, more than a thousand water crossings along their 300 mile route. They lost permit to cross the Jefferson National Forest. Um, they lost the biological opinion that was issued by the Fish and Wildlife Service. These are all as a result of decisions by the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals. They lost a compressor station permit uh, in December of 2021. Uh, for an extension of the Mountain Valley Pipeline. Uh, and they had two oral arguments, one in the DC Circuit Court of Appeals and one in the right. uh, Fourth Circuit, uh, uh, which went terribly for them uh, and were waiting decisions. So this pipeline was on life support before Joe Manchin sold his vote uh, for the Inflation Reduction Act. And the price of selling it uh, was to really up the ante, to not only legislate around these court decisions by just directing federal agencies uh, to issue the permits for the Mountain Valley Pipeline, but to go further and gut 50 years of environmental protections that we've had in place under the National Environmental Policy Act, the Clean Water Act, other bedrock uh, legislation, which are which laws that are designed to ensure community input. Uh, right. Joe Manchin doesn't want community input. He wants pipelines. He wants fossil fuel uh, projects for his uh, for his donors. He's chair of the Senate right. or, uh, Energy Committee, although he'd be outgoing, obviously. Um, so it's just a terrible bill, and this is the time to be fighting it. We need to get uh, all hands on deck to defeat this uh, this bill in the House if it comes up for a vote tomorrow, and certainly over the next few days and a couple of weeks, uh, we're going to be very vigilant to make sure that it does not uh, does, right. does not get passed. Jonathan, just as I, want, a, I want to hang on a second. I want to revisit what's in the bill so people are clear on this because it's been a while since we've talked about it. Um, you know, the Inflation Reduction Act was sold to the general public as being a net benefit for environmental uh, causes, for climate change. And I really think that this particular piece of legislation is the exact opposite. So can we talk a little bit about what's in there so people can have a refresher on that? Sure. No, absolutely. Um, the, the, the bill, and again, we haven't seen the updated language, so we're going off of what Joe Manchin introduced. Uh, back in uh, August and September, um, would direct the president of the United States to to designate 25 priority projects that would be fast-tracked. Uh, analysis has shown that I think 19 of those 25 are fossil fuel projects. Yeah. Um, it would uh, shorten the time period for filing uh, challenges to these projects or to any fossil fuel project under the National Employment, uh, National Environmental Policy Act. Uh, the current statute of limitations is is I believe six years uh, to file such a claim. It would shorten that to to uh, uh, several months yeah. uh, after the decisions are made. Um, it would do the same for the Clean Water Act. It would limit involvement of communities. Uh, it would limit comment periods. It would direct federal agencies uh, to expedite these permits without giving them the funding to expedite the permits. So that's that's right. a big issue. These these agencies are underfunded, understaffed. Uh, so directing them to move faster just ensures a messier yeah. process. Uh, yeah. uh, and then and then to go further, and this is one of the most outrageous pieces of this uh, proposed piece of legislation, is it would it would uh, take for the Mountain Valley Pipeline one project, one pet project of Joe Manchin's, uh, and say legislatively through an act of Congress that the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals no longer has jurisdiction over any permit challenges. Uh, that come uh, forward. It would, right. it would direct 
the federal agencies to issue the permits, just issue them, ignore their, I mean, th this is this is really an outrage. The whole idea of federal agency review is to find out if these projects comply with existing law. Right. They don't, which is why they keep losing their permits in court. Yeah, this uh, has so, not been a friendly court to their cause. Well, not just this court though. The, I mean, the, the, I mean the, the dirty little lie here uh, that they that they're using to sell this is that the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals is somehow biased. The fact is, the Fourth Circuit right. has had ruled in Mountain Valley Pipeline's case uh, uh, in their favor in a number of cases. Okay. Uh, and the D.C. Circuit, uh, which is considered a more friendly forum for fossil fuel interests, held a hearing on one permit issued by FERC in April. Uh, that uh, if you go by the the tenor of the questions that were being asked. Uh, Mountain Valley Pipeline expects to lose that case, so it's it's just it's just it's just a lie that the Fourth Circuit uh, okay. is biased. The Fourth Circuit is simply enforcing the law. Uh, Mountain Valley cannot comply with the law, so they want to buy Joe Manchin. They have bought Joe Manchin's vote to try to introduce legislation to to work their way around the laws that they have violated. Ron, did you want to? No, I, I have, have no more questions. questions if Oh, okay. So um, I wanted to ask you, uh, so there are 70 plus congressmen that have now sent their support to fight this. Um, who's leading that effort? Who's on board? What are some of the arguments that they're using? Well, the, the effort was, this, you're referring to a letter that was sent by Representative Grijalva uh, right. a couple of months ago. So he, he led that effort. Uh, we've got members of the Progressive Caucus, as well as moderates in the House of Representatives who, who think that this is a bad idea. Uh, in the Senate, uh, our own senator from Virginia, Tim Kaine, uh, has been supportive of this effort. Um, I don't believe he signed on to that letter, but he, he was instrumental in making sure that this uh, so-called permitting reform bill died in the Senate uh, back in September. Uh, Bernie Sanders uh, gave a speech on the floor when this came up on a continuing resolution. He's been a leader in this fight. Uh, so so the support is strong in the, among progressives, but not just progressives. The more moderate uh, uh, senators and uh, representatives have also uh, joined in because they understand that that, that these uh, environmental right. laws are bedrock principles and you can't just legislate around them. That's just not the way we go about building uh, projects. And we certainly don't need more fossil fuel projects at this point uh, in the climate emergency. Right. So Ro Khanna uh, tweeted out earlier today, I will vote against the rule for NDAA consideration if it includes giveaways to the fossil fuel industry. If even 10 House progressives vote against it, it likely can't pass. We all have a stake in tackling the climate crisis, and it's critical we listen to communities hit the hardest. Um, I want to talk about those uh, communities for a second, Jonathan, because part of the problem with this particular pipeline is that the where where they want to place it in these communities if there's something that does go wrong and there's an explosion there would be you know a, a zone of destruction and people would likely die uh, and you know you don't hear the guys pu pushing for this mansion biden whoever schumer they they are not talking about that part of this and i think that's really scary yeah no you're absolutely right um the the, the um, pipeline would go through some it would go through an earthquake zone for one uh, in 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 uh, southwest Virginia, it would go through zones that have uh, what's called karst, which is basically wow. a limestone that's very porous, uh, uh, through which water flows. It's it's like Swiss cheese. Um, these are very vulnerable, very uh, fragile ecosystems that would be that would be affected. It crosses, as I said, more than a thousand uh, water bodies. It goes through uh, largely uh, poor and rural communities. Uh, it goes through communities of color. It goes through indigenous communities. Uh, particularly in in uh, North Carolina, where they want to propose, they want to build an extension to the Mountain Valley Pipeline uh, called the MVP Southgate. Uh, so it really is disproportionately affecting uh, communities that have borne the brunt of the of the environmental pollution that we have had in this country over many decades. It's it's treating yeah. them as sacrifice zones, uh, and that's one of the arguments that yeah. that that some of the supporters of this bill uh, uh, voice. That, well, well, something's got to give, and it's better for the greater good to do a trade-off. Uh, last time I checked, my kids are not are not trade-offs; they're not sacrifice zones. Uh, you don't turn to your kids and say, uh, "Sorry, fellas, uh, but we're going to place this bomb of a pipeline next to your house." But it's all for the greater good, so so just just be chill. Right. Uh, that's not the way people think, and it's that's not even not for the, the greater people. good. Yeah, 
No, that's not the way it's people terrible. live. But but the but the um, the miscalculation, I'll call it, that, that the supporters have, have placed is they they have not read the history of Appalachia. Uh, this is a fighting community. This is a community that's not going to roll over uh, and be treated as a sacrifice zone. They will fight for their families. They will fight for their land. They will fight for their water. Uh, and and they will fight to defeat this bill. And they will fight to stop the Mountain Valley Pipeline. Uh, as as I said, the reason this pipeline has taken eight years now and it's still not complete uh, is because it can't comply with federal right. law. Right. It, and, you know, Joe it, Manchin it, it, has taken a lot of money from the fossil fuel industry. So yes. he's definitely bought and paid for it. But yet he keeps winning his re-elections, which is really mind numbing to me. Folks know what he's about. They know he's not representing his constituents, but rather the uh, fossil fuel industries and the people he gets money from. Why do you think that is? Well, the, the politics in West Virginia are, are complicated. Of course, it's, it's, a, it's a largely poor state. Um, people don't have a lot of options. Uh, they're, they're given a false choice of your, 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 um, your option for, uh, for work is either the coal mines or some other fossil fuel project or unemployment. Uh, these are small towns that the, the entire economy relies on this sort of bust and boom fossil fuel industry. That's just the history of the coal mining in particular industry in West Virginia. Um, they've done the same thing now with fracking in, in Appalachia, uh, not just in West Virginia, but in Kentucky, Western Pennsylvania and so forth um, to give people this false choice. And the truth is uh, people in, in, in the states, I've spoken to them, I used to work for the, for the mine workers, uh, health and retirement funds. Um, people people want a job. Um, and if you offer them an option right. for, for a green job uh, with good benefits and good pay, uh, they're not stupid. They understand the, the risk of climate change. They understand pollution in their communities. Uh, they will go, go for it. We just need to give people that option and, and pump money into right. alternative uh, energy, which is really another way of saying pump energy into our future rather than pump energy into the fossil fuel past. Yeah, so it's the same old song and dance. This is your job, so you have to vote to support this. Otherwise, you won't have a job, which excludes what you're talking about, that there is potential for other jobs there if we would just do something to change the way we saw the world, right? That's right. Um, there's also a bunch of environmental groups that are supporting your fight right now, and I believe there was a, a letter of support sent out in regards to that as well? Yeah, there's been a series of letters, the most recent, which was today, uh, and this is just incredible. More than 750 environmental and environmental justice organizations wrote wrote a letter, signed on to a letter saying that this dirty deal must be stopped, um, not just because of the Mountain Valley Pipeline. That's bad enough. But because now you have this overreach where they're where they're you know not only gutting um, fundamental environmental laws, but changing the rules of the federal court system to to appease uh, right. one private party. I mean, the precedent is really just just amazing. Um, if, if, if the shoe were on the other foot, you can imagine the screams and yells uh, from conservatives and Republicans right. that, you know, we're going to legislate around some Trump judge somewhere and just order that, that some solar project be passed uh, because because we can. Right. Um, it would, it's just it's just bad public policy. So this is why we're urging it everybody. Is. It's bad public policy. Yeah. So it, what it, would be. I mean, worst case scenario here, and, and Joe Manchin's poison pill goes forward. What what would kind of be the next step? Are, are there any legal avenues, or or you know, I mean, obviously we don't want to expect the worst, but just if it were to happen, like like what what avenue would be next? Well, we'll we'll, we'll fight them with all the tools at our disposal. I'll say that um, there'll be there'll be legal challenges to this law first of all. Uh, as as uh, uh, being illegal, abrogating federal court jurisdiction, and so forth. Um, uh, so there will be challenges to that. They can't prohibit. They can't. Last I checked, they can't pass a law saying this law is unreviewable by a court. That would happen in in some other countries, not in a country that right. that professes to be a democracy. Uh, so there would certainly be legal challenges. Right. Uh, there, there's been direct action yeah. uh, throughout the for course of this struggle. Um, we, we had tree sitters who occupied a tree sit in Elliston, Virginia, uh, for more than 900 days, blocking the path of the Mountain Valley Pipeline. We wow. had people occupying trees on their own land. We had people parking cars on the on it. So um, I would expect that if this passes, uh, there will be uh, more uh, nonviolent civil disobedience 
uh, because people are, not, as I said, are not going to roll over and let their let their communities be treated as sacrifice zones. People will fight this fight until it is won with every tool at our disposal. But, but there are truly, like there's not there are some legal ahead, avenues here though. Like you guys are going to be able to like kind of get on top of this in the legal sense and and put up a hell of a fight. Well, I think so. I mean, I mean, it'll certainly it would certainly be a worse situation because the the fight sure. thus far has been to prove to the courts, which we've done repeatedly, that these permits violate federal yeah. law. If this bill were to pass as as it has been described to us, all of those permits would be immune from 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 uh, uh, judicial review. That's what it says. It says the permit the agencies are directed That's to insane. issue the permits, and the permits are unreviewable. Um, uh, Republicans have, have mentioned well. Republicans have not been in favor it's of nuts, this, yeah. um, and they should think you know they they've been opposing this bill oh. for probably all the wrong reasons because they want Joe Manchin's seat in twenty twenty four. So so you know no no honor among thieves, um, but 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 they should That's a they should think twice it. about <laughs> yeah. But they should think twice about whether they think this is good public policy because when the shoe is on the other foot, they should, they will not be too That's happy. Right, it's a bad precedent. Um, so you know, I, it's it's. I mean, it shouldn't be shocking to anybody that the establishment Democratic uh, players support this stuff because they are very pro corporation. That's been the case for a long time now. But this just seems like an extra level of setting a precedent here that is just absolutely untenable, especially if you're trying to sell yourself as the party that's pro climate change. Um, because at the end of the day, there's no, there's no, you know, here's the weird thing about this too, Jonathan. I don't see what the benefit is overall for the common good here if they're trying to make that argument, right? Because it really just benefits this company. It's unnecessary pipeline. It makes it, it's going to make money for them, but it's not delivering anything that is, you know, of, of um, really important, like we have to get this done or people are going to not have their energy kind of a thing. It's just, that's just not the case in this uh, particular instance. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I, th I think I think there's a lot of politics involved um, up, up, up until, you know, close of business tomorrow. Joe Manchin's vote was, was a decisive vote in the United States Senate. Uh, that's uh, very likely to not be the case afterwards. So I think I think there's a certain amount of, you know, appeasing Joe Manchin uh, because we need his vote. Um, I think they're going to figure out pretty <laughs> soon here that they actually don't need his vote. And he's got uh, very few right. options available to him. Um, so, uh, right. so it, it's, it, 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 you know, Maybe explaining this, this why the, the end of president mansion. Yeah. Well, he, he loves being the 51st vote, but when he's the 52nd vote, right. <laughs> right. You know, sorry, fella. Uh, but, yeah, uh, it's true though, <laughs> but the, the Democrats just need to get the message. I, I can't decipher why they would, why they would stand up to, to a huge piece of their base, 750 plus organizations. That say this is this, this is right. bad. I don't I can't see that why they would um, legislate a, a pipeline that would be the equivalent of 19 million cars on the highway each and every year. 20, wow. 26 uh, uh, coal-fired power plants. Um, you know, th this is just th this. This is not what I think Nancy Pelosi wants. Is her legacy of the last major piece of legislation that she forces through as Speaker of the House? So it's it's really hard to understand why the democratic leadership uh would yeah. do this which is why we're asking people to call speaker pelosi's office and i could just i could just put yeah. in a plug here uh her phone number yeah. is 202 202-225-4965 that's for speaker pelosi uh you can also call your your member of congress if you call this this number uh you'll be directed directly to uh your member of congress that the number is 917-791-2257 uh, and call them and just just tell uh, Speaker Pelosi and tell your congressperson uh, that to to vote no on Joe Manchin's dirty deal, to oppose it being attached to a must pass piece of legislation like the NDA right. or or a continuing resolution, uh, that this is bad uh, for the environment, it's bad public policy, it's bad for environmental justice, uh, and it, it's just uh, a terrible precedent. So um, we're just urging people to do this and, and really to do this today. Um, if, if you're listening in yeah, and you want to pick up the phone, there, there could be a vote in the House of Representatives as soon as tomorrow on this legislation. Yeah, indeed.
Well, thanks for fighting the good fight, man. I, uh, I, I know that when you're an attorney, you could probably uh, join Team Fossil Fuel and make a lot more money. So uh, right. thank you for fighting the good fight. Well, we need we need to look we need to look to seven generations hence and really preserve this planet for, for those who come so we're, we're just we're just caretakers. And if I can just if I could just add in, uh, Jordan uh, was part of this fight from very early on. He came down to Virginia, and I believe it was 2018, and covered the tree sitters uh, who were who were up in the trees at that point. So he's really been uh, part of this fight, and we very much appreciate the continued coverage and with everybody's effort and help. Absolutely. Uh, I think we're going to win this fight. The JCPA. So it it sounds like something that's good, right? Especially since Status Quo has had their footage used before by the corporate media and there was no license fee, there was no credit. It sounds like, gee, a piece of legislation that makes something like that easier for the little guys sounds like a good thing. But of course, it doesn't do that at all. Instead, what they did was they invited all the juggernauts to the table, Sinclair Broadcasting, all the corporate media. They now have this cabal with social media as far as what journalism is shared and how it's shared. And there's a couple really interesting potential poison pills here that could really impact the way we use the Internet. One of them is there is a user tax should you want to share news on social media. Which, first of all, so imagine, like, you want to share a news article and you have to pay for it. So that's one scenario that could be a reality. you got to pay to share news. Another scenario that could happen, which I think this is even worse, it could be like, okay, right, right, right. We want to charge people to, like, share news, but the corporate media, they don't want users to have to pay for that because they want people to share their news. So they'll reach some kind of settlement, but maybe independent media people have to pay to share that because we can't afford any kind of fees. So that's going to create a crazy president as well. Uh, there's all kinds of else. All right. Tina's going to log back out, log back in, which should make it uh, a little easier there. Cause we were having some, some lag issues uh, folks. I'll, I'll just continue the spiel about the JCPA until she gets back. So, this bill could do all those things I described, where you have to pay to submit news on uh, the internet uh, and on social media. Please, we need to act on this. The JCPA does not help small news organizations. It helps the corporate media. It's a giveaway to them. It allows them to have a cabal combined with social media outlets on how news is shown and seen and how it's funded. And it's also an antitrust loophole. Fortunately, you can do something about it right now, folks. Colin, could you pull up the uh, the uh, the Fight for the Future call to action here? Go to fightforthefuture.org, red alert, tell Congress not to destroy access to credible news. Call your lawmaker right now. Actually, do it after the show. Not right now, right now, but after the show. I'm going to call right away. You can call right now. We have to act immediately because, again, this is something else they're trying to push through the end double, uh, the end the NDAA. Is it working? And Tina's, I, I think you're a lot better okay. now. I don't know. StreamYard, StreamYard's like that sometimes. Yeah, it seems to be better here too. It looks like it's not <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, I think you're you now. Right. I think we're good. It's the little things, people. It's the little All right. things. Welcome back. All right. What, um, what are we working on right now? What are we moving on to? Well, I just finished plugging the um, the JCPA. Get it out. They're trying to push it, push it through oh, the right. NDAA, okay. just like the Mountain Valley Pipeline. It's one of the other poison pills they're pushing through, which is so great. There's great legislation sitting yeah. in Congress right now, folks. There's antitrust legislation. That would be huge. You can go to BidenPromise.us to sign that petition, by the way. We've been wanting a vote on that for almost a year now, pretty much almost the entire year. They haven't moved on right. that. But they're moving quick as hell to put a bunch of poison pills in the NDAA. We told you about two of them. We told you about the JCPA, and we told you about the Mountain Valley Pipeline. So that's what they're trying to do. Yeah. So please go to fightforthefuture.org. Call your lawmakers. Call your lawmakers about the pipeline, too. This is an all-hands-on-deck moment. Send an email. Send a Make a phone call. Send a tweet, even. Every in every in every communication vehicle helps. So uh, this is all hands on deck because they're trying to ram this thing through as we frickin' speak. So let's talk, since we're on the subject of antitrust, let's talk about what's happening with Live Nation, Taylor Swift, and um, what's the Live Nation parent, Ticketmaster, sorry, 
space now that Ticketmaster. Well, they merge. They merge. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. again, this is you know the conglomerations that are forming large monopolies. They're controlling the marketplace. They're screwing over not only the music talent, the artists, but also now the consumers. The lawsuit. Yeah. The lawsuit, Ron. Um, now we have Taylor Swift fans yeah. that have filed a lawsuit they in California. They pissed off the wrong fans. Yeah. <laughs> right. So they have now filed Apparently. a lawsuit in uh, California courts on Friday night. Yeah, so let, let's go to that Twitter thread, Colin. So yeah. so Taylor Swift fans, which, by the way, I actually forgot they were called Swifties. Swifties. I totally forgot. <laughs> when when I looked at the, uh, the, the playlist for today before we went live, I said, what is this Swiftie story? I don't – and they're like, that's the Ticketmaster thing. You want it? I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot that that's what they're called. So this market price thing that, that first happened, or at least right. most notably happened with Bruce Springsteen, where tickets were going for $5,000 a piece, um, a similar thing happened with Taylor Swift tickets, right. and her fans got really freaking pissed off. And now they're having a lawsuit, which I don't know anything about. I mean, I well, not anything, but I know very <laughs> little about Taylor Swift. I know very little about her fans. But all power to them. This is awesome. Taylor Swift fans, this is from More Perfect Union, folks. Taylor Swift fans are suing Ticketmaster for its disastrous handing, handling of the era's tour ticket sales. They're alleging fraud, misrepresentation, and antitrust violations. That's right. I say guilty, guilty, and guilty. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Go Swifties. Yeah. How, so part, I... how could you not love that? Part of the lawsuit is basically focused on the fact that they – is the anti-competitive compartment, right? So they're imposing higher prices on fans in the pre-sale, sale, and resale market. So Ticketmaster Master owns all the companies that do all three of these things. Here's the thing. They're making fees on the pre-sale. Then if somebody resells it on their ticket resale market, they make the same fees again, which are really these inflated numbers on top of it. So the Swifties are seeking a penalty of $2,500 for each violation of this, which is quite a bit if it adds up oh yeah good so good so the other part too uh, is they're I claiming they that the large stadiums uh that swift is a touring at right they have ownership in those as well by the way did i mention earlier when we were talking about spotify that live nation also owns a part of spotify they were one of the original uh, investors so when you control every aspect of an industry it's not only bad for the for the artists in this particular instance, it's the artist. It could be somebody manufacturing something, whatnot. And also for the consumer, because they control the prices, they control how things get delivered from start to finish. Uh, and, you know, and again, this is because, this is because our Department of Justice has stepped away from enforcing antitrust laws, laws now for decades, and it's been very detrimental. Um, part of that video that More Perfect Union uh, was talking about, they, they were talking about how there was a change of belief in economics that came out of the Chicago uh, school, which is true, where they're saying don't pay attention to antitrust anymore. There are other ways to that consumers can benefit from lower prices. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to bore anybody with the details of that. But you know, this is this is the natural. You're, not You're angering me. Okay. <laughs> I, I I don't like these thoughts. I mean, this is the like, natural uh, outcome Chicago of school. Yeah, exactly. Neoliberal thought, right? Where the market is the moral arbiter. Let it do whatever it's going to do. And if that uh, means that there's five companies that control an entire industry, that's perfectly acceptable. But back in the FDR period of time, that was not, it wasn't viewed that way. Um, monopolies were considered to be something that was detrimental to the health of our democracy. So that, you know, again, like with, with all of these things, there's a component where public perspective has shifted on uh, on something and it's usually driven by you know dark money coming in funding media funding this oh darn it i got see i knew spam was going to happen is that the I... chicago school the you're chicago... not allowed they're, they're revoking <laughs> your credentials so they're, you're not allowed yeah it's, it's a good thing i'm not a fan of the chicago school anyway i mean i digress but but this is, you know, this is something we've seen in many different industries, not just the music industry. And I think, you know, Americans are getting angry for for all the right reasons right now. So it's it's good that they're taking Ticketmaster to court. I think we should keep our eye on it because uh, the outcome here could maybe change other industries as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and we're seeing all these violations in every. I mean, it's not just like live 
shows, it's in media, it's in news and information. We're talking about bills that will make such a thing even worse. And of course, it's happening with food. It's happening right now with the Kroger Albertsons merger, which There's we've been keeping one. an eye on on this show. Yeah. Uh, a lot of outlets don't talk about this stuff, by the way, folks. Well, because they're part of monopolies. Very- we've already had m- media consolidation, right? The monopolies in news media and media in general have already occurred, right? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of I, I think there's a lot of independent outlets even that don't talk about this stuff. But yes, absolutely. The, right, the corporate fair. outlets That's don't fair. even touch this. <laughs> um, and by the way, if you're wondering, before we get off the topic, if you're wondering what are some ways you can kind of do your best as a consumer, because we're talking about they are just so behemoth. Spotify is such a behemoth. Ticketmaster is such a behemoth. Uh, first of all, there are some acts out there that have, planted their flag in the sand and said yeah. no ticket master uh pearl jam's one of them actually oh right on uh i'm not i'm not are they selling jam's tickets music. directly from their website how are they how are they going about that i don't know i don't know if they do it total direct or if they set up their own company or if they use just an independent one okay. i mean there's independent ticket companies out there i i use one you know i i just don't always get to control the ticketing you right. know but someone like Pearl Jam, they're big enough. They can, they, you know, yeah. Make well, that Prince kind of a too. Uh, remember so, when he had the twenty-five dollar oh, tickets? Well, I don't. I don't. I believe he didn't use Ticketmaster. I'm not positive on that. Somebody might know. But don't you remember when he did right before he passed away? He had that tour where he did twenty-five dollar tickets for every show. You could go see him sit front row and it'd be twenty-five. Oh bucks. Yeah. no. Oh, you do? Okay, yeah. I mean, that's so. cool. I, I don't remember that. Yeah, he played like I mean, a I whole, love he played I mean, a whole month a at the dude. Forum here in L.A. It was $25 a ticket every night, like no matter where you sat at the Forum. So, you know, that was, I yeah. think that was him pushing back on, on all of these outrageous ticket prices. And he's like, I want my fans to be able to afford to come see me. Let's do this. So. That's cool. I mean, so yeah, you can't push back. I mean, try to, you know, when you see people doing their own ticketing, try to support such a thing. And then the other thing is like, we're talking about Spotify, a really good, it's not necessarily an alternative to Spotify because it's a different thing. But if you kind of want to go out of your way to support artists better, best way to do that is Bandcamp. You know, artists put their music on Bandcamp. If you buy stuff on Bandcamp, it goes directly to the artist. The the profit shares are very fair. Uh, Bandcamp is a much more artist-friendly site, whether it's music, comedy, whatever. Yeah. So, uh, you know, just, just try to try to utilize sources like that the, the best you can. You know, right. I'm not saying <laughs> don't use Spotify at all. I mean, I know a lot, it's it's hard to avoid, but you know, it's, uh, yeah. it's a way to it's a way to fight back a little bit. Indeed, so. it is. Um... What else we got in the news today? Well, we have a very we have Scotus is back. God, are they back? Oh my God! So I think we they need are... to talk about that for a second here. Yeah. So this morning, uh, there was a case going before the Supreme Court. It's three hundred three Creative versus Alinus. This, um, folks, will remember this. This is tied into LGBTQ rights. Uh, this has to do with whether uh, a website designer is required to. Uh, you know, do a, do a design for a gay couple if they're religious and they don't want to do it kind of a thing. So it's trying to bake in anti-discrimination language into to like the First Amendment, in my opinion, if you want to boil it down to something. Um, so we were paying attention. At least I was paying attention to this this morning. I shouldn't say we. Um, I want to bring up this great thread from uh, one of the SCOTUS court watchers is uh, Chris Geidner, if we can bring that up. All right, so <clears throat> arguments will soon begin in 303 Creative versus Alinus, a case that was manufactured to overturn Employment Division v. Smith, but SCOTUS didn't even grant cert on that question. So we get a First Amendment case, uh, which is really seeking exemptions to non-discrimination laws. I think that's like a really good way to describe this. Um, so Thomas asks about ripeness. Keegan, then Jackson, then Sotomayor are trying to get out the argument about creation versus content versus use. Wagner is mightily trying to fight back. Sotomayor wears the line. Wagner fell off the track, so Alita jumps in. So this guy's basically live tweeting. And and, uh, I want to just show you some highlights, though, uh, of some of the arguments that Samuel Alito made today because he was in really atrocious form, let's be honest. Just Justice Jackson's example of the 
the Santa in the mall who uh, doesn't want his picture taken with black children. So if there's a, a black Santa at the other end of the mall and he doesn't want uh, to have his picture taken with a, a child who's dressed up in a Ku Klux Klan uh, outfit, that, that black Santa has to do that? No, because Ku Klux Klan outfits are not protected characteristics under public accommodation laws. And presumably that would be the same Ku Klux Klan outfit, regardless whether the child was black or white or any other characteristic. Yeah, you, do see, you do see a lot of black children in Ku Klux Klan uh, outfits, right, uh, all, the, all the time. Suppose that, uh, I, I mean... Uh, <laughs> that, that's a conversation. I, I mean, people, let, let's just take a step back. Um, that's a conversation that happened in a court of law. No, in I, no our, our, it happened in our highest in the United highest States. court of in law. our highest court in our highest court. These are ridiculous points of association. I mean, first of all, it, it is offensive on so many levels that you're 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 comparing a black child to a child wearing a Klan outfit. I mean, the idea that you would put on the same footing, a black, right, so a black Santa is supposed to take a photo with a kid wearing a KKK outfit. I mean, to to try to put these things on the same ground or the same even keel as as what we're saying here is anti-LBGTQ rights is is fucking ridiculous, pardon my French, but it is. You're basically saying that discriminatory discriminatory speech, KKK outfits, right? Like we should force a black Santa right. to sit next to a KKK kid. That's hate speech. Sorry, are you serious? If you can't yeah. see the difference between that and somebody that is a wedding photographer, somebody that does wedding uh, design websites, that does you know things, invitations, whatnot, uh, basically saying I'm not going to work for you or, or take your order because you're gay. Like, how is it that we are even having this conversation? Anybody that's having a good faith um, conversation about these things can recognize the difference. It's a very gross, insensitive point of association that that has no, I mean, there's just no, and again, I would be embarrassed if this happened at the racist uncle's Thanksgiving table. Right. <laughs> if this was the band of, of, of every, uh, you know, every racist uncle cliche. Yeah. Which, by the way, I don't know why we single out uncles for that cliche. As somebody who is sued to be an uncle myself, I, I don't know why uncles get sued. I don't know why. I mean, it's a cliche that exists, whatever. So people know when to use it. But uh, but anyway, um, that would be embarrassing enough that you're like, okay, so you don't see the difference. I mean, first of all, if a child is in a KKK costume, that that's child abuse as far as I'm concerned. Like that that's child abuse, it, imposing something like that on, on a on a child and indoctrinating a child with, with, with which hate, let's with, be clear with, that with has hate. happened a lot in our past and probably still of happens today it, of course it has of course it does absolutely yeah. I mean, the kkk is still in existence and i'm sure members are breeding so yeah and, and, and it's very very sad yeah but um i mean if you if you find out about any kkk porn tina do not tell me about it i don't i don't want to know about <laughs> it you have to keep that yourself <laughs> Okay. That's a callback to last Hope, week. Yeah, by the I was going to say, if hopefully people know, were in, were tuned in last week when that makes yeah, it makes no sense. Some people might be really confused right now. Like, what the Bro, hell? Bro, I'm just about? waiting for that's the Mussolini porn. <laughs> yeah, that's a callback to something that happened last week on the show. That if you saw it, you might be laughing right now. If you didn't see it, you You're might like, be like, what, what the fuck did yeah, just I know. <laughs> go back and check out Thursday's show? <laughs> um, but. But yeah, I mean, it, it's just so, I, I think, and by the way, I mean, I really feel this way. We need to abolish the Supreme Court and, and just replace it We need to do something. something totally uh, There's no, it, it's, it's so ridiculous that a handful of religious zealots, who, by the way, none of them, all, over half of the Supreme Court were appointed by presidents who didn't win the popular vote. Yeah, so Alita was appointed by Trump, so. Court. Yeah, it the is most bad. powerful court in the world, or in the, in the country at least. And at the very least, they should get rid of term limits. I mean, put impose term limits. It's ridiculous but that they're the serving whole lifetime thing appointments. Is ridiculous. The whole absolutely that'd be a start, but the whole thing is freaking ridiculous. They're appointed by a president who may not even have won the popular vote, and in this case, it's it's, it's more often than not that that's the case. They're used as a political yeah. dogmatic football. They have nothing to do with law and order. Literally nothing. Nothing. 
they are they it's are true. to the law what like they are to the law but what freaking they are like, the law is the problem i hear what you're food. saying but they are the law that's why point. they need to go that's the why, whole yeah. thing shouldn't exist it shouldn't exist i mean I, we should replace it with some type of federal court replacement but it could be conducted in an entirely different way there could be an elected board that appoints people judges could be appointed by by just votes by the general public i actually would rather have a board personally but i mean this is nuts what they're doing you thought it was funny it was in bad taste but yeah wait till you hear about the j date and allison ashley madison won let's play the next clip because he wasn't done yet <laughs> An unmarried Jewish person asks a Jewish photographer to take a photograph for his J-date dating profile. Uh, is it a dating service, I gather, for Jewish people? It is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Maybe Justice Kagan will also be familiar with the next website I'm going to mention. So next, a Jewish person asks a Jewish photographer to take a photograph for his AshleyMadison.com <laughs> dating profile. I'm not suggesting that. I mean, she knows a lot of things. I'm not suggesting <laughs> Okay. Does he have to do it? Well, again, it would, it would, what Colorado look, it depends. It, it, what Colorado looks to is what services the photographer makes available to the public. And if, if the photographer makes that service available to, to others taking pictures, uh, you know, for use on websites, then probably yes, but it, it depends on. So for people that don't know who AshleyMadison.com is, that's the site you go to if you want to cheat on your spouse. Uh, and there was a whole scandal that happened, you know, a few years back with uh, politicians being on there. But more importantly, the argument, you know, that Eric Olson making is if somebody has a business that's open to the public, right? So this is my business is open to the public. The way the laws are now is you can't discriminate over who you, you know, do business with, right? So, and, you know, of course, Alito doesn't think that's the case by what he, where he's going with this. Um, yeah. What do you think, Ron? I just think they're making all of these just absurd like like they're bringing up all of these just ridiculous it's all just a big slew of like gotcha attempts it's all just a like well what about blah, 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 as a way to just justify you know just blatant discrimination and to basically carve up these laws to allow theocratic rule are again our Supreme Court is a handful of dogmatic religious extremists that have a whole lot of power. And there is no redeeming this. There is no, like, I mean, yeah, term limits could be a small start, sure. But the whole thing needs to be scrapped. It's ridiculous. And even like, oh, well, Democrats could expand it. Okay, that'd be cool for a little bit. But guess what? Republicans would expand it again. It's and then eventually you would just have exactly. a big... It would just be a question of like 40 meatheads like imposing their dogmatic theocratic fascism on the rest of us. And by the way, it's something most Americans don't want. You could look at wow. case after case. They thumb their nose at the very idea of public opinion time and time again. And then they have these freaking conversations. Some of the analogies they were making in these clips we watched, it wouldn't even be fit for, for a Trump locker room. Yet they're doing this in the highest court in the frickin' land. This is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, basically, it is. So basically, Gorish is, is it, as far as I'm concerned, making the case that it's unconstitutional for the government to tell employers that they have to educate their employees to follow civil rights laws. That's that's basically it. I mean, mm -hmm. if we want to be direct. Um, so since that's the case, and you're right, they have thumbed their nose at what they think, they think public opinion doesn't matter. But what they need to understand, what we all need to understand, in my opinion, is that the only way that our system functions, right, the SCOTUS and our legal system functions, is if there is buy-in from the public. Public trust is mandatory. We need to be able to trust our court system if, it's, if we're going to see it as legitimate, right? So the minute that that starts to disappear, which it is doing now, and th these institutions become illegitimate in the eyes of the public, no, I think it has this is a complete degradation. I agree. It's going to read to more. It's going to lead to more civil unrest. It's going to believe to I. Who knows what else? But this is very dangerous territory that we're in, and I think this particular mix of SCOTUS judges we have now is just beyond the pale. Last term was 
egregious decision after egregious decision. And now we're bracing for more of the same thing, obviously, given what we saw this morning. Um, They're going to go for gay marriage, I think. I think they want to overturn that, too. So I don't think it's just the gutting of Roe v. Wade, the gutting of civil rights. It's it's the Christian fascist agenda that that, uh, you know, you had referenced earlier. I think that is correct. A lot of these judges that have been appointed in the last uh, under Trump for certain were uh, connected to the CNP and the Federalist Society. These are definitely Christian fascist organizations. That's where the dark money is coming from. And speaking of dark money, I want to play. I want to play one more video because I want folks to see who Alito is. Because this this veneer that's coming off now, more so, has always been there. Um, or this, uh, uh, his opinions like this have always been there. I say the veneer is coming off. So this is a clip that um, a throwback. So when people remember when Obama was president, he was given a State of the Union, and it was right after Citizens United decision uh and of course scotus attends the state of the union um i want to play this clip because alito defied obama in his speech and said that's not true so this is a flashback um some will remember this maybe this will be new for some folks but i do want to play that Alito, it is true because I mean, that's exactly what's happened. How could he say that's yeah, not true? That is exactly what Citizen U- Citizens United did. Yeah, and you can always count Sorry, on Obama Ron. to like say <laughs> some nice things and then do absolutely nothing about it. That was another classic Obama moment. Say the right thing, do absolutely freaking yeah, nothing. Okay, but there is nothing he can do about that. That would have to come. I mean, Congress would have he to step have, in and do the 28th fought, Amendment or something similar. He could have fought. On this he particular thing, we need to. He could have fought for the pick. All right, I will give you that. Yeah, I will give you that. Happened. I'll definitely give you that. This, as far this as. This happened in 2015. As, he was out of office in 2016, so he could have gone to the map for the pick that was rightfully his. So this was another virtue right, signal. But that would not over. Him. That would not overturn. No, I know that. No, no, no. I know. I know. But if you're concerned about stuff the Supreme Court was doing, you think the very least you could do is go to the mat for a pick that was rightfully yours, and Obama didn't bother doing that. I don't disagree with that. I 100% uh, totally because then they railroaded it, railroaded in the next guy. I don't. I agree with you on that. Oh 100%. yeah. Well, well, that's why. I mean, so, two of Trump's picks could have easily been avoided. Two of them could have easily I been agree. fought. If, if there was any fight from Democrats whatsoever, he would have only had one instead of three. And, uh, you know, nobody's t- nobody, which has been that. devastating. Nobody mentioned it. It's been dev- no one mentions it. But when Nancy Pelosi retired, no one men- mentioned it or, or not retired, but, but stepped down from the speakership. No one mentioned that. Uh, I, I think we mentioned it on status quo. I think that was it. Um, no one mentions, you know, that people just wag their finger at, at Jill Stein voters instead of being like, look, look, yeah. two of these picks could have been prevented. They could have used every tool in their arsenal to wait out the clock in 2020. And Obama could have gone for the mat to, to the mat for the pick that was rightfully his. Uh, he didn't do any of that. And uh, yeah, Samuel no, yeah, Alito the Senate, is a liar. Alito's a liar. He's a Bush appointee, our, my favorite guy, W. Um, yeah, it's bad. I think your audio just went out. Can anyone hear Tina? Pointed to well, I can't hear anything. It's what? You can't hear anything? I, I, I didn't hear anything you just said. I don't know if your audio was out for everybody, but I lost I like can... 90% of what you just had said. Are you talking to me, Ron? I hear you perfectly. I'm talking to you. You, you are cutting in and out right now. Talk. Really? Please. Hello, hello. No, so... It's StreamYard. All right, so... You're out of it's sync. Definitely yeah, you're really out of sync. But for a while, your audio was just out completely. You started saying something and I lost it entirely. And I said, hey, I can't hear anything because I figured the audience couldn't either. Um, say something now. 
<laughs> I don't even know what I. All right, I so was, you're on a bad I, delay. I yeah, again. I don't know why this is. Yeah. <sighs> oh, no. My apologies. It's oh, yeah. no, it's Streamyard. This is not the first issue we've had with Streamyard. Um, We're like sorry. a bad overdub movie right now. Really? Yeah. Like you're out of sync, <laughs> and yeah. Like like I'll now you're back. Out you coming in and out. But but I lost you entirely there for a minute where I, I, I had no idea if you were talking. Like, you were talking, but I couldn't hear anything. Um, so, anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, we're at it's the, the end Supreme here, Court. thank goodness. It's yeah, the it's Court. the Supreme they're, Court. They're, they're, like... <laughs> they're messing with us. Oh, no. They're just they're like, don't, don't tell our secrets. We have a plan. But, uh, but yeah, I mean... The other thing I wanted to mention too, and then we'll, we'll get to the super chats and stuff and close out here. But like, uh, you're talking about how they're going after gay marriage, which they are. They're also like, did you notice they're also doing a little pivot into interracial marriage too? Which that's yeah, no. not something that they yes. did. They they haven't done that before. I mean, this is freaking. Because you know they want to try to find a way to go after that, too. And I'm not kidding. Like, they are... We're reaching... We're in a weird moment right now where there is a lot of, like, people are able to put reasonable verbal diarrhea spins yeah. on straight-up fascist ideas. And you're seeing it mm -hmm. as... And that's why I will say this until I'm blue in the face. The most dangerous person in American politics right now is Ron DeSantis because he is the yeah. best at doing that. He knows what he's doing better than anyone when it comes to that. The type of stuff... I mean, that guy in his little anti-woke bill, he's basically trying to make it illegal to say there's anything wrong with the USA. It's freaking right. nuts. And, and people are, are, are seeing this as reasonable. They see him as some kind of free speech guy. He's the opposite. He wants to make protesting illegal for crying out loud. He has he has bills out there that, that are literally going to, I mean, are going to crack down on LGBTQ youth in a way yeah. that, that that's going to make life even harder for them. And this guy, I mean, so we're in that wave. That's the wave we're living yeah. through right now. And they're going to, on top of that, they're going to put these little kind of side dog whistles like, well, interracial marriage. I mean, this is, it might get really freaking bad. And every night before I go to bed, I sincerely hope that at least half of my predictions don't come true. I'm like, I'm like, please don't let it even be half as bad as I think it's going to be. I sincerely hope I'm wrong on almost everything. Um, because if I'm not, holy shit. I, I mean, we never thought we'd see Roe v. Wade overturned either. So I think it's all on you the know? table right now. And unless we do something to clip back uh, the Supreme Court, I don't see it's that train's left the station. It's it's bad. 